Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to this Baby Bowl edition of the 2022 kickoff uh, series here on Thursday nights. We're doing it on Thursday night. Rob, what are we doing? Recording a podcast during the first game of the NFL season, Rob. We've got to be nutso. I think so. I think, well, I think, it, I think it's just that we wanted to enjoy the game together and kind of kind of see watch watch the game a little bit while we're while we're recording i think that's that was the the idea behind it probably well, that's pretty cool well yeah <laughs> i can't remember an idea from last week if, <laughs> if that's when <laughs> we planned it but it is pretty cool to be able to sit here and watch this and i am live in the uh Fantasy Impact Today Studios living room is where I am, and uh, I got a sick youngin running around here and everything, so it's it's kind of wild here at my house, it feels like. My daughter put together a huge shindig today uh, for food and everything. She fried some of the best chicken. Uh, she's 15 years old, frying a lot of chicken. I told her that is the way to any man's heart, is to fry chicken, and, and she can hook in. If she can change that into chicken wings, oh, she'll be able to hook whatever guy she wants, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. But yes, we are here on the Baby Bowl podcast on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. And that is Rob Norton at Norton0723 over there on Twitter. A pinned tweet of his still has on it the Baby Bowl, I want to say challenge, the Baby Bowl entry, the Baby Bowl information on how to enter the contest. And, and can people still enter, Rob, if they are listening to this for the first time on, let's say, Thursday morning? Uh, Friday Absolutely. morning. Friday morning. Absol- Absolutely. Yeah. They, they can. Uh... We can, we can, uh, I'm going to take signups all the way through up until basically the Monday through the Monday night game, essentially. Oh. Um, I mean, obviously if you, if you get signed up on Monday, you're going to, you're putting yourself in a disadvantage cause you can only choose Monday guys. But if people are, you know, wanting to do that, um, and they're willing to pay and, and do it, then more power to them. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but once, once, uh, once that gets done, um, I mean, I probably won't take any more. Unless people, I mean, I guess if people really want to just take a zero on the first week and and uh, join before the second week, then then sure. But yeah, I'm just now I'm trying to basically get uh, get you know the money and everybody signed in and make sure they're setting their lineups and things like that. So that way we're we're uh, all set moving forward. Well, and they could even do that. And the Monday night games are not a terrible game to do it with. I mean, you got Geno Smith, mm-hmm. man. Geno Smith, who I was barking <laughs> about a long time ago with his connection to those wide receivers that he has already established there for a little bit last year. You might have you might have Russell Wilson passing to Jerry Judy. That might be your selection. But also, if even if you took a zero that first week, let's say you don't let's say something happens and you were unable to set a lineup for this first week, you're still able to cash out week after week, and you still have an opportunity to do that. Winning the overall prize might be a little bit challenging, but you still have an opportunity to win week to week. And uh, if you were that good to win week to week, you still might be in contention for the uh, championship because there are a lot of stinker weeks running around out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. Yeah. So anyway, uh, check out his pinned tweet. You can also check out the show's pinned tweet. I think it's still up there as well at FI Today with a little underscore over on Twitter. And you can check me out on Twitter as well, Wes Easley, at Loafing It on Twitter, at Loafing It. Rob, we are watching this uh, Rams and Buffalo Bills game. It's somewhere there in the second quarter towards almost almost halftime now. And I know you've watched a little bit of it. I have too. I've, I've watched a lot of it with chicken in my paws as while well. I was watching it. And it really looks like to me this Buffalo Bill team is it started to become a little bit more condensed. I thought they were going to spread it around a little bit, and on a drive or two they did. But, man, Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs going from Josh Allen. Josh Allen looks like he has picked up right where he left off. 
if not gotten a little bit better. He, he really understands this offense. The offensive play caller is doing a fantastic job of calling things that just really work for him. Yeah, definitely. It seems like, you know, there was the only the only mishap so far basically was that interception really wasn't even on him. And it just seems like everything that they're doing is just well, they just look like a well-oiled machine already at this point. And uh, it looks like they're going to be real fun to watch. Diggs and uh, Gabe Davis have been really, really playing great the whole game. So it's been it's been it's going to be a fun offense all year. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I sometimes I get nervous and I'm sure you do, too, as an analyst or something. I don't even consider myself an analyst. I, I'm a dart thrower. Right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you putting any of your takes out there for public scrutiny i guess it is because you don't want to be wrong more more than anything it's, it's that i don't want to be wrong because i don't want somebody to listen to me and then it's wrong and then they get punished for my wrong sports take or my wrong fantasy take i hate when that happens it's not about me being right or me being wrong i i know we have fun with some of that stuff we're like haha i said i told you i told you joe flacco yeah i know we have fun <laughs> with some of that stuff but really i, I for me what keeps me up at night is being wrong and somebody getting, like I said, hurt from anything that I said. I I hate that. And I, I say that because there is a, a great sports analyst, a great fantasy analyst, and I'm not going to say his name because I really respect him, and he probably wouldn't mind me saying his name, but I don't want to say it because I don't want to discredit anybody because I love all the work he does. And I know there's a lot of hard work, and his take might be right before the end of the year, but I, I've heard him specifically say that he's not real high on Gabe Davis. He does He's not excited about Gabe Davis. He thinks Gabe Davis is going to be the biggest bust, and right now it just doesn't look that way. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's that's that is the thing. It's it's tough because and a lot of it is kind of I mean, like you said, it doesn't look like it's going to be that way. Obviously, it's very early. It's not even halftime in the first game. So um, things can change. But it does look like obviously this offense is going to be fast paced, pass heavy, high powered. Um, and if Gabe Davis is going to play a lot of snaps, then he's probably going to run a lot of routes and probably have a lot of opportunities. So um yeah, that's that's the thing is uh, if it's like that, he's probably going to be better than what a lot of people who were calling him a bust uh, projected. And I mean, that's the tough part is, uh, you know, you put the takes out there, you uh, catch catch heat for it. And um, yeah, I mean, you got to you just got to know going into it that if you're willing to put them out there, you, you got to have either thick skin or you got to be able to. Uh, be able to explain reasoning behind your behind your takes uh, rather than just put them out there. Um, and I think that goes a long way too. So, I, I mean, that's the thing is like for me, um, I, I mean, I know I'm going to be wrong about a lot of things. Everyone is. Um, I try to put just, you know, process and reasoning behind everything that I do. Sometimes I think it comes off as, as a little bit know-it-all-y. Um, <laughs> and so like, I, I feel bad sometimes at that um, because, you know, when I was younger, probably five to ten years ago, I I definitely would be very very definitive on on what I was uh, what I was going to say, and I would I would stick to it. I would be really against you know any other outcome. Um, over the last five to ten years, I've kind of leaned into uncertainty a bit, and you know always 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 admitting like that you can be wrong about anything. Sure. Any anything can happen. Um, you know, some things I feel more strongly about than others. And, 
yeah so i mean it, it really is uh really is you know you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt when you're doing all this <laughs> i've been in a chat room with you i understand yeah i, understand. <laughs> <laughs> I know i get a little I get a little long-winded with it because I try, I try to explain my reasoning but then a lot of times after i'm done explaining it i feel like it comes off as i i'm i'm telling you that this is right and yours yours is wrong when really i'm just trying to explain my thought process right. of and why i think the way it is behind it yeah and right and really coming to a conclusion about it and i think a lot of people uh, can get offended by that a little bit you know because we're all passionate about it and we all have strong takes my my biggest takeaway from all that is hey you know what I could sit there and try to hate or bash on somebody for being wrong. We really don't know a lot of these things. We try mm-hmm. to make educated decisions. You know who puts the work in whenever they're t- making those takes and everything. And, whoa! Speaking of that, oh, that that one was all Josh Allen. That interception was all yep. Josh Allen, Rob. That was that was he threw yeah, it a was. little bit behind behind right there. He threw it at him instead of leading the ball to him. So that that was a little bit on him. Hey, uh, the Los Angeles Rams. They look like they have come out a little bit flat in this game, which is understandable. I think that that is traditional. Additionally, what the first game, whenever somebody gets a ring ceremony or hanging a banner or anything, kind of comes out a little bit flat because it's very emotional. And so those championship squads usually do struggle a little bit, I think, early on in, in, a, in a ball game. Uh, and I think that that's what the Rams have done here. I think I think this game will start taking off a little bit more. And these are two good defenses, but I think it'll start taking off a little bit more in the second half after some adjustments get made and people get their second or third wind. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I definitely agree with that when they uh come out after after hanging it up and uh definitely uh kind of is a, is an emotional thing they're trying to live up to there's a little pre- little bit more pressure on it and a little bit more time to get get unwound and and play relaxed so it looks like they're starting to starting to get going a little bit <laughs> trying to tackle cooper cup before even the ball would have made it to him yeah. hey hey there's there's a huge fantasy take right there i wish that more fantasy leagues counted something for a pass interference call on uh, a defensive back for a wide receiver. You know, like the wide receiver, the the fantasy manager gets punished whenever there's a a holding penalty on a defensive back or a pass interference on a defensive back because the ball is intended to him. I would say Cooper Cup's going to catch that pass 10 times out of 10 times for a 15-yard gain and I don't know how, I mean, just, just give me the yardage, give me the yardage. Don't even have to give me the catch. Maybe just give me the yardage there on the penalty. If it's against my guy that I have on my fantasy team. Yeah. It's an interesting one because I, I do agree with you in a sense, because if you think about it, if a guy catches a pass for zero yards in PPR, he gets one point and zero, I mean, zero for the yardage, but he still gets one point. But if Cooper cup in that situation, but the, the thing is in, in the real life offense, they knew they moved zero yards but in 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 uh, your situation where Cooper Cup got that penalty drawn, the real life offense moved 15, 20 yards, and that's more beneficial in real life football. But you get nothing for it, so it is it is a tough thing. I've heard of a lot of people starting to starting to try to incorporate a little bit. Some people will give um, give a point, you know, maybe as if like it's mm. like a catch, or some people will give the yardage points. Like you mentioned, they'll give him give him the points for the yardage, uh, since he he was the one who who uh, allowed the offense yeah, to move yeah, that yardage. Drew the yardage, um, yeah. And so it makes sense. I mean, I, I I could see more people doing it like that moving forward. They can, I mean, especially as technology gets better and better, and sure. these sites get more and more, you know, customizable. 
Um, I, I think I think the yardage is is the key there because we don't know if he's going to make the catch, but we do know that he got the yardage, right? So right. I, I can understand not giving the catch to the person, but he, we know he was he was a direct result of why that yardage was gained by the team. Hey, let's look at some of these first half stats, especially for the Bills here, since it looks like it's all wrapped up here in the first half for the Buffalo Bills offensively. Anyway, Josh Allen seventeen to twenty, uh, one touchdown, two interceptions, one hundred fifty three yards. Through the year on the ground, only seven yards, seven yards on the ground, one rushing attempt for him. The big surprise here, I don't know if you caught this or not, Rob, but Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Uh, Moss has got four rushes. Singletary has, oh, I'm sorry, Moss has got two rushes for four yards. Singletary, four rushes for 18 yards. None of them have touchdowns. So uh, it looks like a little bit, I don't want to say a split backfield, but what would that ratio be? Uh, would it be? 80-20? 80-20? Because Cook had one and he fumbled it. Uh, the more important thing to me, too, is this receiving yardage-wise. I mean, go figure. Zach Moss got four targets, four receptions, Singletary, one target, and one reception. I, 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 that's a weird backfield now. Yeah, see, this is this is the reason. So before the year, I mean, obviously, obviously, again, I don't want to no, want to take victory laps after <laughs> first half of football, um, but Heading into the year, this is what I was so worried about with Singletary. Um, if you look at all his underlying metrics, he was he was the worst receiving back in football last year. Um, just all his like efficiency metrics were literally, I think, last in the NFL uh, among all running backs that qualified. So, what did they do? They went out. They tried to sign Chase Edmonds, didn't work. Tried to sign J.D. Right. McKissick, almost worked, but then he went back. Then they drafted James Cook. They they seemed to really, really, really tell us that we don't want Singletary being <laughs> in in pass catching situations. So that's not good when you're a team that has the most dropbacks basically in the NFL. Um if if it's passing more than more than running, I mean, what's he going to run? And then we had the the rumors that uh and the and the rumblings in the preseason about Zach Moss being more of the goal line goal line back, James Cook is going to be in more on passing downs. Zach Moss seems to be in more on passing downs. Uh, Josh Allen will uh, vulture uh, right. carries, especially in the goal line. So what does that leave for Singletary? He becomes one of these, you know, empty calorie or trap backs that you, you hear about all the time where, where basically all his touches come between the twenties and he gets mostly carries. So, you know, he's going to have a lot of games where he has like 10 to 15 carries, 50 to 60 total yards and maybe one catch, two catches, maybe probably one catch more often than not. And in PPR, if he has 50 some yards and one catch and another six yards, I mean, that's like six, seven points. So that's not great for a guy that's no. going to be technically probably still the lead back in Snapchat, but he's going to be just playing in, in the least valuable situations. Definitely, definitely. Diggs has six targets, six receptions, 62 yards. Gabe Davis, four targets, three receptions, 41 yards. Isaiah McKenzie, two targets, one reception, 12 yards. So he's right there. Jamison Crowder, two targets, one reception, 11 yards. Dawson Knox, one, one, and five. One, one, and five. Matt Gabe just punched it through there. Tight ball game. Tight. 68 yards. Boy, so, boy, somebody. Linda Lyons. Linda Lyons going crazy right now, isn't she? She's got to be. She, she's got to be for a 68 yarder. That's that's a. Uh, is that a record? I mean, I, don't know. I know I know the record was I, I, 67, 65. Oh no! It, it's is it is it? 
Oh, it's, it's definitely a Thursday night first game, first half record. I, I can tell you that right now. <laughs> 68 yards, huh? Yeah, that's long. Uh, Matthew Stafford this first half, uh, 13 to 17 for 95 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Surprise of the night. Probably the surprise of the night. <laughs> Popped a lot of fantasy bubbles already. I don't know what's going to end up happening. It surely can't find his way to the waiver wire this quickly. But Henderson started out as the lead back. I know you may not have been home from work yet, Rob, on that one. But Henderson came out as the lead back, has gotten seven rushes so far. Cam Akers has two rushes for zero yards. Henderson has seven rushes for 33 yards. Matthew Stafford has one rush for two yards and has doubled any of Cam Akers' output so far. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, Henderson was another one where it's kind of uh, a guy that – had a lot of red flags heading into the season. There was a lot of rumblings about uh, Henderson getting more touches than than people mm-hmm. were expecting. Uh, Cam, a lot of people were expecting Cam Akers to be the the true workhorse, considering he was kind of that down the stretch last season and in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I mean, if Cam, my my worry was Cam Akers coming off of a, an Achilles. Yeah, he's healthier than he was at the end of last season, but he's still, you know about a year removed from an Achilles and right. uh, we've seen, we've seen what happens with most running backs coming back from Achilles. It's, it's really tough to regain their old form. And not only that, but the biggest, to me, the biggest red flag was Cam Akers was going usually fourth round in a lot of leagues. And he, they, the, the Rams had the lowest target share to running backs last year. So mm-hmm. that, that was not something that, you know, I, I that was not, encouraging um so yeah he could have he could boost up the um the touchdowns um the touchdown regression could help a little bit if if uh cooper cup catches less touchdowns and and uh the rams try to run more near the goal line but when you're not catching a lot of passes you become very very touchdown dependent um and especially if you're not getting if you're not getting a derrick henry type workload then it's really really hard to overcome and you're basically becoming a guy that people are just crossing their fingers that they get a touchdown every week. And that's, that's not the type of, of uh, running back you want to be starting in, in PBR settings. And then let's face it. We're trying to find Todd Gurley again, right? I mean, we, mm-hmm. we all have, we all have Todd Gurley goggles on at this point. We're looking for the next Todd Gurley in the Rams offense. And that's what I think we, we mentioned each and every off season. Remember this, this offense is not that offense that was built around Todd Gurley. It has totally different weapons. Now, you know, there's Jared Goff and a and young Jared Goff at, at that. And there was no Cooper cup to speak. Well, maybe there was Cooper cup there at some point, but it was a young Cooper cup. If it was a Cooper cup, a Robert Williams, you know, th- those, this, this whole team has changed since then. This now is a Stafford cup team period and i don't know that we need to concentrate on any of those running backs to ever get that kind of output again todd Gurley style until maybe they have to change their offense up again speaking of that wide receiving core cooper cup nine targets eight receptions 56 yards and a touchdown it is the cooper cup show no matter what i know pierre is really happy about that uh because that's what he always says hey rob alan robinson one target one reception 12 yards that's it no, nothing big from a Rob yet. Nothing at all. Even and the guy Scoronic Scoronic is it Scoronic? Yep. I did it right, didn't right. I? It hey, is. It is. Two there receptions, two targets, sixteen yards uh, for him. So he's he's been better than Allen Robinson as far as being looked for. Uh, yeah, I always said that about Allen Robinson. And once again, things can change. It's first game with in this system with Stafford and everything like that. Wow, look at Ozzy. Look at that. That's. 
Is that the, <laughs> is that a clone Ozzy? That's an inflatable Ozzy. That's not the real Ozzy Osbourne. They, that guy can't still be there. Look, see see how the outfits all floated up there. That's that's not the real Ozzy. <laughs> it's got to be. <laughs> What's he doing here? Is he singing a tribute to the Queen? You know, long 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 live the Queen. By the way, long live the Queen. Hey, uh, but I've always wondered about Allen Robinson, and my question for Allen Robinson is this. We've always talked about his quarterbacks being bad, but maybe it's him being bad and not getting a lot of separation that makes those quarterbacks struggle. I, 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 that's It's just a question I've had about Allen Robinson because we've always blamed Blake Bortles. We've always blamed this guy. We've always blamed that guy. It might be an Allen Robinson thing. It could be. Um, that's the thing. Allen Robinson was a tough one for me. I've always been really big on Allen Robinson. He's been one of my favorite receivers since he came into the league. Um and he's he's been mostly great um with bad QB play up until last year and last year i mean that's the thing is like last year it doesn't it's hard to tell whether he was starting to starting to get a little bit you know washed up lose some lose a step or whether he just kind of gave up on the season didn't really care and um you know obviously in the first half of football it doesn't doesn't look great for him so far um but but yeah, we'll see what he can do, you know, moving forward. And um, I'm hoping he can. I'm hoping he can get going. I, I, I had him higher ranked earlier in the off season, um, but then I just started moving other guys up. It wasn't even because I was down on uh, Robinson necessarily. So I did draft him a little, a little bit here and there. But I definitely started moving guys like um, guys like Amonra St. Brown, Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, uh, Juju a little bit. Uh, Guys like that, Darnell Mooney, um, they were all kind of in that range. Allen Robinson was in that in that kind of range, and I started to just kind of like those those guys more. Um, so it wasn't anything necessarily against Robinson, but if he does end up having not not that great of a season, uh, I don't have as much of him as I expected to, so I, I wouldn't be too upset, I guess. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> as we're watching this broadcast here. There he is. I was wondering where our guy, Matthew Barry, was. I mean, Matthew Barry seems like one of us, doesn't he? I mean, we've seen him on so many different shows all mm-hmm. throughout the years. On you know, he comes down here to the to the to the bottom of the you know <laughs> the podcasting barely just to throw some crumbs out there. It's cool to see Matthew Barry giving back to the community like that. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's just one of those things where Matthew Barry feels like he's one of us and be able to see him on NBC. I'm, I'm sitting there looking for him among all these people at halftime, and I'm going, "Where's Matthew? Red? Where's Matthew?" Yeah, it was awesome. I was, I was kind of, you know, interested to see how it was going to play out. But I think it's really, really cool that, uh, you know, they're really, they're really kind of implementing fantasy in more of a mainstream, uh, you know, broadcast. And it's the first time it really ever is like during the broadcast, really, really in your face kind of thing. So I think it's really cool. I think it's only going to be this is only the start of it. I think every, I honestly think with how popular fantasy football is and is becoming that it's going to end up being on every broadcast pretty much moving forward. Um, and Matthew Barry just is kind of the trailblazer like he's always been. Do you think, and this is, this is a good question, because somebody was talking to me today about DraftKings and all the, the different advertisements they have on different shows that don't even have anything to do with sports. You know, and they're still advertising DraftKings. Uh, do you think that fantasy football, I know during COVID, it really took off even further, it felt like, right? But do you think maybe it's at its peak right now? 
and it can do nothing but go down. How, how can I, I don't know how it can get any better, and that's not a fair question to ask on the spot. But I'm just wondering if we were looking at the trajectory of it. It, it I mean, there's not really anywhere else for it to go up because there's it just can't go up. Yeah, it's like you said, it's kind of a hard question, I guess. But but yeah, um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think it, I, I don't think it's at its peak. I think there's always going to be innovation. I think it's always going to um, really I think what's going to what's going to happen is that just sites and, you know, apps and everything are just going to be more and more and more customizable. They're going to really, really you go get more and more nuance to it. And uh, that's really going to draw in more and more people. You're going to be able to do, you know, more and more things of what you want to do. Um, really customize it how you want. And uh, I think that's okay. that's going to be kind of, you know, the how it keeps going up. Um, and I think, like it's, like I said, I think more and more like broadcasts are going to implement uh, fantasy stats and fantasy analysts, and they're going to have each each one. So this is NBC, right? So. You know, NBC, ABC, Amazon Prime, all the all the all the ESPN, all of them are going to have, I think, a reporter or an a fantasy analyst on site talking, updating, um, you know, real time yeah. scores and stats and live going on. And, and I think that's really going to cater to the audience and it's going to grow it to make it more and more popular. Right, we're going to have a baby bowl segment on NBC halftime show. That's what we need is a baby. Bowl. Hey, I'm just because you know, everything jumps the shark. At some point, you know that reference, right? Jump the shark with Fonzie on Happy Days. Jump the shark, and that was kind of like, okay, that was the end of the show. Whenever you're looking back in hindsight, you're like, okay, yeah, that was a clear indication that it was the end of the show. So I'm just wondering, where's that fantasy football jump the shark moment? I, I, I certainly don't think it's right now, but I just wonder. Uh, in in a couple of years, are we going to look at that? All right, Rob. Uh, listen, we, we're into baby bowl projections. We talked last week about all the different games that were in the NFL. I think, or at least majority of. Well, we talked about all of them. We talked about all of them. Pierre and I earlier on the DFS Dreamer podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network, we kind of broke down some of the games, a little early edition look, which we do on Tuesdays, where we like to take a broad spectrum look on all these different games for DraftKings and and according to the classic slate there that we always play. And and we got a DFS Dreamer podcast uh show league i guess it is there on DraftKings that you can sign up for uh but rob i know this is your wheelhouse too and i think that this is going to have a lot of baby bowl implications uh for this this week for looking at DraftKings and going you know that's a really a good baby bowl target and stuff plus like i said you you write those articles for last word on sports i know you put those things out towards the end of the week here and i expect that that's going to be coming out soon but mm -hmm. uh how about we take a look at this DraftKings stuff and you just start giving us a little bit of advice on players that you're thinking about playing in baby bowl and also playing on some dfs slates does that sound good sounds like a plan to me and that's why i said it right right last word on sports and you put that out mm -hmm. there the articles out there at the end of the week yeah yeah uh the um the stream so i do a stream team article and it's kind of more of like kind of a kind of a fun take on on waivers uh in a sense um basically i give kind of like my favorite waiver waiver wire guys at each each position usually three of them i highlight one at each position and then uh give two other options and they got to be less than 50 percent rostered on yahoo and then but i call it the stream team um, just because, you know, it's, it's streamer type guys and I'm trying to see then, you know, after the week I recap how each of them did and then, you know, give the, give the next 
you know, set of them. So there's usually 12 guys in the article. Um, try to hit on at least half of them to get you, you know, good, good, uh, good points for the week, considering they're lesser rostered kind of guys. Um, so that's, that's the article it comes out usually on, on Tuesday. I try to get it done by Monday night. Uh, so that way it can come out on Tuesdays. So that way you can have it, have it at your, uh, at your, to use for your, uh, waiver wires on Tuesday night. Um, and then, yeah, later in the week, usually try to put it out on Friday or Saturday, um, depending on how busy I get during the week. But Friday or Saturday, I like to put out the, uh, the DraftKings plays article. Um, I always get torn between it because a lot of things change by the end of the week. So I really don't like putting it out early. Um, and you know, it kind of works out because I'm putting the other article out early and doing other things. So yeah, I, I, I like to have as much as I can during it, but I also don't want to put it out last minute and have nobody really be able to use it. So it's yeah. kind of a tough, tough thing. So I like, I like getting it out there <laughs> sometime Friday or Saturday. And that's why we we wanted to record Thursday night too, as we record on Friday. I said, "Man, it's a dead zone after Friday. If we put it out there, ain't nobody gonna listen to it on the yeah. weekend. Where <laughs> they're gonna be all busy and everything." So we want to do this now. All right, so we're gonna do this DFS dreamer style, maybe come our style. I don't know here, but we got these top five quarterbacks on this classic slate: Mahomes, Herbert, Jackson, Murray, Rogers. All right, we got those five guys, and you are a good friend of mine. I consider you a good friend. I, I think if if I had my funeral tomorrow, it may be hard to get to, but I think you would try at least to make an effort. Uh, mm-hmm. So if if you were to give me, as a last pick here for me, uh, one of these quarterbacks to play on Sunday on DraftKings, which one of these five would you be so generous as to give me? Hmm. So, yeah, there, there is it's. There's kind of two of the of the of the group that you mentioned that kind of stick out to me the most. and um. I think I, I I lean towards Lamar Jackson. Oh, um, thank you, thank you. Yeah, is that the is that the one you were you were thinking too? Oh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick whoever you take uh, for me because okay. I, I trust you more than me. But no, I like that one. I like that one. Tell me why you picked him. So yeah, uh, with Lamar, uh, they're playing against the Jets. Um, the Jets probably going to be one of the worst worst defenses. They were 30th against QBs last year. Now that kind of thing is is a little bit. A little bit tricky from year to year. Um, we don't really. That's a that's a thing with the first week. Is only thing you have to go on really is off season moves, uh, what they did last year, and kind of what the outlook is this year. You don't really have any mm-hmm. stats to go on what they've done this year. So, um, but you know, looking at last year, they were 30th against QBs, um, so they were near the bottom. This game also, uh, the 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 Ravens are one of the uh, biggest favorites. So they're seven point. Um, favorite in this one the over under is at 44 and a half so the their their implied total is at tw- around 26 which is a pretty good pretty good mark um not only that though the obviously lo- with lamar he runs and so anytime you're you're getting a guy that can run a lot that's uh gives you a pretty pretty safe floor sure um and a spot and there's a lot of question marks there in the ravens backfield Yep. Yep. We don't know if Dobbins is going to play for sure or not. Edwards is not going to play. Um, so they could lean on Lamar a little bit more than usual. I got, um, I got way too many Mike Davis shares, by the way. I, 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 did too. I was all in on that after, after I've heard all the reports and everything, I just started grabbing Mike Davis everywhere. And all of a sudden Might I got well. Mike Davis starting in many leagues. I'm going, Oh no, this is the rest of the disaster. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and especially in leagues, I, I had said it, you know, 
he was one of the featured guys in the in the stream team article this week. Um, <laughs> the the uh, and somebody somebody on I think it was on Reddit kind of gave me a hard time about it, and they said, you know, whenever whenever you're considering Mike Davis in week one, you know your season's already over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and the thing is, is like, yeah, it may it may feel bad, but if you if you drafted a team either with Dobbins or you know you have another another running back that's questionable heading in um or a situation where um you went maybe super super zero running back or hero running back and you only have one one you know solid running back or none even um and you're very very strong everywhere else you could be in a situation where uh you you need a running back i think isn't it isn't it our guy kevin topkins that always yeah talks about how he, he never drafts a running back. And so yep. if he, if he's, you know, in a situation like where he goes super extreme zero RB type type of situation, this is, this is the, these are the kind of guys that he has to take advantage of all throughout the year. I mean, the whole idea is that running backs get hurt more than any other position. And therefore you take and get, get, get loaded at every single other position and then you just take advantage of the injuries all throughout the year and stream guys that are in the best matchups getting getting touches and and so it can be done and and like you said Mike Davis it's 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 not doesn't feel great <laughs> but, but it, it, it is the done. reality of it all I, and i see what you did there too i don't know you're, you're like putting me in, in what is it perdition that you're putting me in because uh, you you're making me watch lamar jackson against joe flacco and i'm having a brute uh, <laughs> against joe flacco a little bit as i watch lamar jackson i like how you did that hey rob you're such a nice guy to me too and i would like to pick out one of these guys for you and okay. i i think out of all these guys i love the uh over under total on this one with patrick mahomes I think that him, and this is this is gut feeling here more than anything else on this one. But I think him and Andy Reid have something to prove uh, since they let uh, what uh, Tyreek Hill go this this off season. But he's still got so many weapons. I think it's going to really open up that Kansas City Chief offense a little bit more than what it has been in the past, where it was so consolidated. Uh, I, I'm having a tough time building a stack though with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, it's got to be Mahomes, Kelsey. And then I'm like, okay, who else am I going to stack with this guy? Because I'm not sure who it's going to be. I, I want to say, you know, McCole Hardman has the rapport with him, but I can't trust McCole Hardman because I've done it before. So I don't like him. So I'm really wondering if it's, it, you know, I want to say Juju too, but Juju's kind of disappointed me. But maybe with better quarterback play, Juju's the guy, or is it MVS, Rob? Um, that's the thing. It is tough. It is tough. Um, Juju is pretty pretty affordable. Um, I mean, for for uh, transparency to everyone that I, I I like I told you before, I really hadn't looked at the the slate much before uh, we we started you know talking about this. So I was kind of surprised to see Juju only at fifty two hundred. Um, so I thought when you were mentioning Kelsey and Juju, I thought well it's going to be an expensive stack. They're really going to have to hit big to really pay that off, but Kelsey's cheaper than he normally is. He's at 6,600. Um, normally, you know, you see him up at seven, 8,000 on most weeks and Juju's at 52. So that's, that's, that's doable. Um, but you could, like you said, you can just really, when you're, if you're playing a GPP type of setting, you could kind of just take your shots, especially if you're multi-entering and, uh, kind of, kind of go from there. But Juju seems like the safest of the options. 
yeah, I, w- I was wondering though, you know, it just, it seems like one of those things. And then whenever I think about that Lamar Jackson stack that you're talking about, it's Andrews. I don't know if I want to get to Bateman or not on that. I like being able to run that back a little bit. If we talk about those two run back options in those games with me, it's got to be, uh, is, is it Mims? Who, who is it there for the New York Jets that I really want to run it back with? Oh, it's got to be Elijah Moore for me. Okay, Elijah Moore. I, I always, yeah. I always say Moore Mims. They're the same person. Yeah. Right? No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I can. Yeah. Um, Elijah Moore. He's a guy that I was really, really high on uh, coming into the season. I drafted him pretty much everywhere, and um, okay. he's he's fifty one hundred, so he's he's pretty affordable. Um, should be in a situation where they are they're seven point underdogs, so game theory says that they're going to be behind and throwing a lot. And he's got a um, he's got a borderline. He's got a Hall of Fame quarterback, Super Bowl winning quarterback in uh, Joe Flacco. So he's, I know, I know he's your guy. So, um, but yeah, no, he, 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 he actually produced really well with Joe Flacco in, in the limited time last year. Um, I know people were a little worried about it, but the thing was, it's like, you know, Zach Wilson, what hasn't proven anything. I mean, he has some promise. He could, he could turn out being really good, but it's not like Zach Wilson has played really well. Um, Joe Flacco might not even be a downgrade, honestly. So, and and, and Elijah Moore produced really well with uh, Flacco in limited time last year. So, I, I think if you're, what's that? Downgrade. Come on. He's, man. A, he's not. Hey, that's what I'm saying. He might not even might not even be a downgrade. So, <laughs> um, he he. Uh, I I like I like I wouldn't mind doing a uh, Lamar Bateman Elijah Moore kind of stack with Lamar. The thing about Lamar, if you're if you're playing him, is I don't love double stacking him um, okay. just because he runs so much that right, the passing right, right. volume might not be there to support too, especially when, when if you're going to like, to me, if you're going to play Mark Andrews, he's the most expensive tight end on the slate right? Uh, at 6,800. So I would play it. Like if I was playing Lamar, I'm playing, if I'm playing Lamar, Mark Andrews, I'm not playing Bateman as well. Right. Um, just because Lamar is, to get if the ideal situation is Lamar gets, you know, 60 to hundred rushing yards and a touchdown. And then he throws for another two two fifty and a touchdown or, or two touchdowns. And you want, if you're Andrews, especially at that price, you want Andrews to go for 102 touchdowns um, for ceiling type of outcomes is, is what I'm thinking of. Um, so, so yeah, you kind of want Andrews to hog a lot of it, especially the touchdowns if Lamar is going to run a lot. So, I don't mind going like a Lamar, Andrews, Elijah Moore, or Lamar, Bateman, Elijah Moore. If you go yeah. Lamar and Bateman, you could always throw in a cheap Devin du- Duvernay or someone like that because we don't really know who's going to be that that other option. Yeah, uh, no, you're right. And, and then uh, on the Arizona side of things, uh, it doesn't look good for Rondell Moore. I don't think that he's going to be able to play this week. A- Andy Isabella, I think, is a little bit banged up too. Maybe if I'm not mistaken, I might be getting him and uh, Wesley a little bit confused there. I can't remember all that. AJ Green at 4600. I know Marquise mm-hmm. Brown. If we're talking about running it back, we've already stuck Kelsey in there. We've already stuck Juju in there. We've already stuck Mahomes in there. Uh, so Marquise Brown is a little bit expensive there, 6200. And AJ Green with the volume. He he just might be able to fall into a touchdown at forty six hundred. Yeah, definitely. Um, I like AJ Green a lot, actually. Uh, like you said, if Rondo Moore does end up, I mean, he's banged up, and if he gets ruled out, you know, he does, maybe he's on a snap count, doesn't play. Um, and even and obviously, you know, Hopkins is suspended. Um, Hollywood Brown was a little bit banged up, little had some had some issues in the offseason, things like that. So, yeah, uh, AJ Green at a cheap 
cheap price. And that's the thing is that, as you mentioned before, that that game environment should be really good. I think it has the highest over under yeah. on the entire slate at 53 and a half. And the Chiefs, you know, are six point favorites. So theoretically, the Cardinals are going to be down and throwing a lot. They're already the Cardinals are already one of, if not the fastest paced team in right, in right, the right. in the NFL. They have so many dropbacks. That game's going to be in a dome. I mean, I love I love that game really. Uh, the Chiefs, uh, any any parts of it, I mean, so play as much as you can of it. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we're looking down here a little bit further. I know you and I both love Jalen Hurts, and so if we don't mm-hmm. want to get too cute. I, 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 you know, you talked about not having a not double stacking uh, a passing quarter or a running quarterback like Jalen is. At the same time, we both know that at the beginning of last season, they wanted to turn him into a passing quarterback. Uh, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year, and I wondered if it was going to be the same thing. The little bit that we saw the entire team together this preseason, they were throwing the ball a lot. They were throwing it, and, and it looked really good going on. You know what I mean? So I, I'm really tempted there to do a Jalen Hurts, to do a Dallas Goddard, and to either go with A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith. I think I, I would want to do one or the other. Oh, McKenzie with a touchdown. How about them apples? Hey, there I, we go. So it's clicking now. It's clicking, baby. It's clicking. Um, but how about uh, that little stack there? Would you rather put him with a Goddard or would you rather throw the two wide receivers in there? Let me ask you this. Do you make enough lineups to where you're like, okay, I'm going to pick that three options somehow, some way, a couple of different ways? Um, I kind of do. Um I usually I usually do um, anywhere from in the range of like 15 25 type of type of uh, lineups uh, for GPP style um, so I kind of go and then I kind of basically pick some games that I really like and I go pretty heavy on those those games um, heavier than consensus I guess and then uh, that you know work work stacks based around those guys and and Goddard's pretty cheap. Goddard's pretty cheap at forty five hundred. So you can you could double stack uh, Hertz with Goddard and uh, you know you could you could do any of the pass catchers. Devontae Smith's going to be cheaper than AJ Brown, but um you know you could do AJ Brown and Devontae Smith or AJ Brown. The the real concern with the Lamar one was just that you know when you have Mark Andrews at sixty eight hundred. And Lamar at seventy, you know, seventy three or whatever it is, you're already spending a lot there. And if you, if for for Mark Andrews to really hit that ceiling outcome as a sixty eight hundred dollar tight end, he's gonna you're gonna want him to have most of Lamar's passing stats. And um, whereas with Goddard being only forty five hundred, um, that's a you know a lot lot easier for him to really pay off that price and still let others in on the fun basically it's really a weird game to think about running it back with and stacking that up but i think it gives us a lot of opportunity or at least gives me a lot of opportunity in a quarter lineup game like i like to play (laughs) to be able to Mm. do some different things and and not worry about it too much Uh, running it back i I, i'm tempted i am tempted to stick like a a a tj hawkinson in the flex spot go goddard and hawkinson i'm going to really differentiate myself there and and then yep. also go with a swift in the running back because he's going to get a lot majority of the passing down work. And this this game has a sneaky shootout that I think Detroit is even favored in this game. Am I right on that? Um, let me see here. At home. It, it's no, the, no, they're they're they're, they're it's close, but it looks like yeah. uh, from what I can see is Philly's favored by four. 
Okay, Philly's favored by four, but like the the totals there, are maybe the outcomes are, are both like in the twenties or something like that. Yep. It's it's one of those w- weird things, and and then you're at home too, so that's why I was thinking it was even or favored there. Uh, so when 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 I think about that, I'm just like going, okay, so they're going to be passing a lot from behind, and I've just heard a lot of rumblings that people are really, and it may be because they're on hard knocks or whatever. That that maybe Detroit could be winning this game come the second half, and then Philadelphia is thrown into a a passing situation. I, I don't know. I, I'm just trying to differentiate myself a little bit in some better lineups or some bigger GPPs there. Yeah, that is that is interesting. So you you depending on the, it's really for that situation, it's kind of really dependent on what you what contest you're in. Now, okay. if you're in a if you're in a GPP, that's like not a not considered like a like a huge tournament um you can you can game stack a little bit like you were talking about with because normally you wouldn't want to throw both Hawkinson and swift in in the same lineup if you're doing like a, a like a like a like a millie maker or like a you know ten thousand person gpp because technically they have you know negative correlation to each other you know, because obviously any stats that Hawkinson gets is stats that Swift is not getting and vice versa. So they have a negative correlation to each other. Um, but if you are playing in a smaller or smaller field GPP and you don't have to, like, hit the nuts, basically, and you 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 uh, you basically can can kind of game stack if you think that game's going to end up being a really big shootout. You can kind of game stack, and if the, a lot of it's col- consolidated between those guys, even though they're a little bit negatively correlated, that can be turn out to be really good for you because you are going to be differentiating yourself in, one, the fact that you played both of those guys despite the negative correlation, and two, the fact that you played two tight ends in the same lineup. So when you're, it's, it, that's, a, that's a contest-specific kind of thing, in my opinion, um, that you would kind of have to go by. Um, but but yeah, so that's 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 more where I would get it. If I was doing a big a large field GPP, I wouldn't do it. But a small field GPP, I, I like the I like the process of it. At the bottom of everything, you know how I am. I, I'm cheap, and I like to look at the bottom of this uh, this DFS slate a little bit and the quarterbacks because I think you can get value down there if you really hunt and peck down here and look for some good ones. And I know we've already talked about Joe Flacco a little bit, so I don't want to do that, especially against Baltimore. I do think that that's in a good spot right there for him, uh, potentially. But I, I also like Mitchell Trubisky against Cincinnati. I know Cincinnati's defense has been improved this offseason, but I don't know that everybody knows what they're going to get out of Mitch Trubisky. So I don't know. I think people are going to be off of him. And I'm telling you, Rob, and I, I don't know if I told you this or not. I went back because I was just kind of curious. I, I started watching Buffalo Bill preseason games from last season, okay? and Because I, I wanted to see what Mr. Trubisky looked like, and that's the only time we saw him. And I'm telling you, in the preseason, he looked sharp. Now, it was preseason, so it was going to get – and then this preseason, I'm sitting there watching Mr. Trubisky, and I'm going, that guy's throwing dots all over the field, man. I'm kind of really curious what the Mitch Trubisky is going to be able to do this Sunday – and if it's against Cincinnati, this could be a shootout game itself with some potential for Mitch to put up some real big numbers, not only through the air, through touchdowns with Claypool, with Deontay, with Fryermuth, or with Najee, but also on the ground with his feet. So I, I'm, I'm looking at this going, wow, that really opens up a lot of things with Mitch Trubisky at 5K. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. He uh, He's 
you know, he's a sneaky one. Um, Trubisky has always been a guy that I think is kind of, to me, he's kind of like what Daniel Jones is in a sense. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people hate both of those guys. Like they, they bash them nonstop. Um, but both of them are actually, you know, despite what they may be in terms of real life quarterbacks, they may never pan out. Um, they are, they are sneaky, good fantasy guys um compared comparatively to what what you would think they would be uh like you said trubisky can run a little bit he's more athletic than people give him credit for um he had stretches with the bears that he uh was putting up useful fantasy numbers and now he has better weapons than than he's had i I think and they're playing like you said against cincinnati in a game where they're six and a half point underdogs so the game, the game script technically would be in their favor for for more dropbacks for Trubisky. Um, yeah, I mean, as long as the game is, as long as Cincinnati's putting up points and pushing the pace, then Trubisky is going to have to throw more the, more than people think to to keep up. And like you said, he can run into touchdown. He can he can run a little bit. Wouldn't be surprising if you look up at the end of the game and he's got 40, 50, 60 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Um, right. And and uh, throws a little bit and. And those those turnovers, I mean, even if he has some turnovers, that's worse in real life than it is in fantasy. It's minus just minus one point. It's like it's not that big of a deal, really. Um, but in in real life, it is. Uh, but yeah, so so yes, that's why Trubisky is definitely a sneaky option. And and uh, you know what I've said about what it was like with the Minnesota Vikings last season with the coaching staff that they had there and had to be a breath of fresh air this year, walking in there and just a new regime. I, I wonder how much is the same thing with the wide receiving core with the offense without Ben Roethlisberger in the picture, you know, because everybody knew what, what was happening with Ben Roethlisberger. We all saw the de- deterioration of his skills of his shoulder and not a lot of downfield throwing and everything. Uh, so it, it's gotta be nice for that wide receiving core, not to just have to go five yards and turn around, you know, it's gotta be nice. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that's the thing is that, uh, like you said, they're, they're probably going to, like Ben, Ben threw the ball a lot. They're probably going to throw the ball a little bit less, but that was also, it might've been the product of the fact that Ben threw so many passes because he threw so many short passes. And so, so um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what this offense uh, is this year. Jonathan Taylor seems like a uh, great place for the baby bowl <laughs> against yeah. the Houston Texans this week. Uh, if, if he's going to be highly rostered, I think in the baby bowl, mm-hmm. I wouldn't blame anybody for doing so. I'm going to put a little hesitancy out there for the Tennessee Titan game. I've just, I, I'm, I'm down here in the South. I'm in that vicinity and it's supposed to rain a lot here over the next couple of days. Mm-hmm. Uh, check the field conditions before you lock in a lineup with any of those Titans, with any of those giants, you just may want to be able to steer clear of that and not get into one of those mud bowls or anything like that. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, we always say play him if you got him, but against that Cleveland Brown defense, it may be one of those things where we wait a little bit longer to play him. It's a tough division. So I'm not sure, you know, when you want to play him or when we're going to play him or, but I, I might be looking for a little bit weaker opponent there, Rob. And Austin Eckler is against Las Vegas, who doesn't like to play defense last time I checked. So out of those five, are you looking to play like a Taylor and Eckler? Is that what you're looking for? Um, so, yeah, when it comes to Baby Bull, um, I mean, I, I, I might just use Taylor. Just <laughs> I mean, he's in such a such a smash spot to start the year. Um, they're at Houston, so it's... You know, it's in a dome, which is, you know, the weather's going to be nice. 
obviously. Uh, and then Houston was one of the worst teams against running backs last year. Uh, the Colts are seven-point favorites, so theoretically game script should be in their favor um, for Taylor to handle another 20, 25 touches. And, you know, when they get a situation where – they get in the lead and they like to hand the ball off to Taylor and he's we saw how explosive he is. Uh, he's one of the best running backs, you know, in the in the league. And um so yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't blame anyone for for using Taylor uh in baby bowl. Cause like we said, play him when you got him, and especially if they're in a great matchup, because what happens if Taylor I mean, let's cross our fingers it doesn't happen, but what yeah. happens if Taylor has a has a great game and then gets hurt in the fourth quarter or something and then yeah. you know everyone can't use them. I mean, these are the things that, that always happen with guys, you know, running backs get hurt and, um, you know, we hope it doesn't happen, but we know it's going to happen to plenty of them throughout the year. So like you said, we, we like to play them, play them when we got them. And, uh, McCaffrey, I'm good with any week. I I don't, I mean, I don't love this matchup just because the Browns are a good defense and they're going to be a slow paced team. So, um, you know, you want the, you want the high scoring fast paced game, um, but McCaffrey, he just, as long as he's healthy, he gets it done every week. So I have no problem with playing him. Um, but yeah, those are, those are, I mean, those are your two obvious, obvious studs and obviously play them whenever you want type of guys. What, what about mixing and matching like a Jonathan Taylor with a Mike Davis this week, you know, or with an Antonio Gibson who might mm-hmm. not have a very long shelf life there in Washington, uh, you're just mixing and matching where you're kind of, do you, I'm trying to remember the point totals from winning weeks and everything. If you just had to have a super high week in order to win, or are you looking for a season long championship where you kind of want to balance that stuff out a little bit week to week and give you a shot to win each week. I mean, we can put all our eggs in one basket and have Taylor and uh, Eckler in there this first week and just have two huge games. And then the rest of the year, we don't, maybe we're struggling to find people towards the end of the season or, or do you know, you want to spread that out a little bit with a Taylor or with a Davis or somebody like that. You know what I mean? Just kind of offsetting it a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, interesting. And then, like you said, there's so many different ways you can go with it with the baby bull. Um, I've always been a guy I've always preached uh, to play guys that are in best situations they're going to be in <laughs> that, that, or that at least you can foresee them being in. So like you mentioned, you mentioned with Gibson, obviously we know the, the unfortunate situation with Brian Robinson getting, getting, uh, you know, shot and hopefully, you know, it sounds like he's really doing well and progressing well. Yeah. And we hope to see that. And hopefully he can come back quickly. Um, but he's obviously not going to play this week. And that was a big worry about Gibson for a while was that now they have Brian Robinson who's going to be involved. And they have J.D. McKissick who's going to be involved. So now if they're down one guy, Gibson might be in this week or next week might be the best matchup he and best situation for volume that he's in all year. So, you know, you got to weigh that in to account because obviously – you want to use a guy like McCaffrey or Taylor, but you know that they, like McCaffrey, for example, might be in a better matchup. And but so you there's all these kind of different things. Full, I mean, for full disclosure, right right now, which I'm sure I will change. I change I change it pretty much every day. Um, but right now, I do have actually Jonathan Taylor and Antonio Gibson in my lineup as of now. Um, so like I said, I may change tomorrow. I may change back the next day. I don't know. Um, I usually tinker with it every day. I kind of just like to get on and look at it and kind of mess around with it each day. And and uh, but yeah, those are the two guys I have in as of as of right now. Well, I know that you, you 
What you don't know is your wife has told me all your passwords, and I can log mm-hmm. into all your sites. That's why they were changing. It was me. Kamara, Swift, all good names I think we would want to play for the Baby Bowl. Uh, Connor, mm-hmm. I, I'm a little bit hesitant on playing James Connor this week. Mm-hmm. I think that I could find him maybe in a Seattle matchup a little bit better um, than the Kansas City. I know he's at Kansas City. I know it's a high point total. Um, I, I just – I don't know. I, I think Kansas City is is on a mission this year, and I, I, that's just me. I I think the defense has improved a little bit. That front line has always been a little bit tough. I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm a little bit hesitant on Connor this week. So yeah, I I can't blame you. Um, he uh, and the other thing I I drafted a lot of Connor this year. Um, I like the fact that Chase Edmonds is gone. So hopefully, um, like theoretically, he could see a little bit more pass work like he was seeing when. Edmonds was out. The only don't the, the concern though is that maybe uh, maybe that they have a whole offseason to plan for it now that Daryl Williams and, and Eno Benjamin play yeah play more of that Edmonds Edmonds type of role or Rondale Moore gets more of those short yardage uh, pass pass attempts and things like that. They you know use him a little bit more creatively. So there is some concern with Connor. Um, but at the same time, um, I do like him. I like the game situation, but there is concern because I don't, you don't know really for sure what, how they're going to use them this first week. So it might be safer to just hold off a little bit, see if they give them that full workhorse kind of role, or if they do split it up a little bit more and then you can kind of make a better judgment moving forward. I'm telling you, you've said more a couple of different times. And so I want to make sure that you know this because I I know you worked all day long and everything like that. Moore injured his hamstring in Thursday's Mm -hmm. practice and is set to undergo an MRI. So it does. Okay. It's not looking good for Rondell Moore at all, and that was another reason why. I just think that they're not going to be that scared if Zach Ertz is out, which it looks like it's trending that way to me as well. If Zach Ertz is out, the only people they got to worry about are Marquise Brown and AJ Green as far as receiving the ball. Uh, I think that they could stack that box and maybe take away a little bit of James Conner this week. And that is just me trying to be a nice guy uh, with all my competitors for the Baby Bowl, Rob. That's what I'm trying to be. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to be a a nice guy, all right? Uh, I'm also staying away, big name, big name that I think a lot of people might try and use, but I am not super excited about using is the Pierce guy, Pierce Price, Pierce from Houston. Uh, I'm just not sure that I really want to get too in-depth with him or involved with him this very first week either because he is going up against Indianapolis. And we all know that that's a pretty stout defense, man. Yeah, yeah, it's tough too. The other thing is that obviously, as we talked about on the other end with uh, Jonathan Taylor being the heavy favorites, Pierce is a guy that um, obviously they're underdogs. So the thing with Pierce that we don't know is he's he looked good in preseason and it looks like he's going to be the kind of the lead guy but is he going to be a two down grinder like is he is he going to play passing downs is he going to get the targets is he going to get the third down snap share or is it going to be Rex Burkhead now that's the thing that's scary because if you play him and game script goes south for them and then all of a sudden we see Rex Burkhead in because he's a better pass protector, he's a better pass catcher, um, and you see him in, in in all those situations, he's more of a veteran, and they trust him more, then that's not good for Pierce, um, because then you know he's going to become a touchdown-dependent guy, where you're going to need his, he, need him to get touchdowns, and it's not going to be good in games where they're underdogs. So, yeah, I, I mean, 
when it comes to Baby Bowl, I'm steering clear as well. Uh, even though he's been a popular, you know, buzzy guy heading up into the season. In in DraftKings, though, he's super cheap at 4,800. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have a problem playing him there because, like we said, we don't know if he's going to get that third down. If he if we play him and and he does get the third down roll and he gets say six targets all of a sudden, he's going to pay off that that 4,800 yeah. mark four or five times uh so it's 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 a situation where there's a little bit of uncertainty um you know depending he might be more of a gpp type play um or if you're going pretty heavy on on some studs throughout your their lineup he could fit the build um so in 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 DraftKings, he's a definitely a much better play than he would be in baby bowl i just think everybody's going to be on him even in DraftKings. i'm personally it rather could be, could be. I, I'd, I'd rather go with rex burkhead who i think is going to be a a lower owned player, and I think will be the third down back. That's just me mm-hmm. going on gut feelings. And I know Rex Burkhead is just about the only player in the NFL older than me at this point. So I don't, <laughs> I don't think he is. I don't, I don't think he is. Um, Travis Etienne's another big name uh, against Washington. I'd rather wait and see what's going to happen. James Robinson is getting a whole bunch of talk right now about being able to play and playing on those downs. And and to me, whenever I get into that locker room and I, I'm not invited into the Philadelphia Eagle locker room, but, but Doug Peterson loves to give, he seems like a hardworking guy. Doug Peterson does, you know what I mean? And James Robinson coming back from an injury that, that fast, that so I just could see him getting the goal line work. I, I could just see James Robinson having to get in the end zone. And to me, Travis Etienne, a little bit undersized of a back. Yes, he's very fast. Yes, he's very good. And he may explode for 200 yards come this Sunday. I don't, I don't know. He may be able to do that because he did look very quick in the preseason. But I think if there's any red zone stuff going on, I think they're going to trust James Robinson to get it in the end zone. And that's me looking at a Doug Peterson going, okay, what is his pass proven? He he goes to Jordan Howard. You know what I mean? He, he's one of those guys. And, and, and to me, James Robinson is more like Jordan Howard than he is like Travis Etienne. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I agree. I, ETN was a guy that was like one of my favorite running backs to draft this season. I just think he's very, very similar to Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Swift. Um, if you look at his like player profile page and you compare it with those guys, he's almost the exact same size as I think he's like the same height and one pound heavier or lighter than Kamara. Really? Um, he's like he, the very, very similar weight to. Um, Swift, Swift is like an inch or two shorter than him. I mean, they're they're all three in that same build as like elite pass catching kind of guys. They profile as great pass catchers. He was he was an awesome pass catcher in college. He played with Trevor Lawrence, um, yeah. and he uh, you know that's who he's going to be playing with now. Sure. And uh, he's got the draft capital, and and, and uh, Trevor Lawrence check checked down at the highest rate in the NFL last year. So it's all okay. encouraging. It's all encouraging. Yeah, it's true. That's true. So, and I, I expect him to te- check down a little bit less this year. I do, um, but, but 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 I do expect for him to look for ETN a lot. Uh, somebody yeah. I do like on DraftKings a bunch, and you're gonna have to pop my bubble on this one. Okay, I, I just think okay. everybody's been burned by him a million times, and they're not gonna want to go to him. And I'm not gonna say I'm gonna do it. I'm not gonna stack him up. But if I'm ever going off of a Jalen Hurts. And this might be like a one piece off where I'm I'm on a different team, I'm on a different game, but I got to find a running back to put in there or a flex. A fifty four hundred dollar Sanders is not terrible to me. He's one of the few guys, Rob, who who could go off for two touchdowns. I mean, seventy yards, two yeah. touchdowns. Yeah, you know, at, both of them, 
be 70 yard two touchdown game performances. He could do that. And he's that fast. He's that skilled. And he's going against Detroit. Who's not that fast or that skilled. Hmm. Yeah. It's funny it, when you, when you first started mentioning this guy, you, you said this, nobody's going to be on this guy. And he's because he's Burnham. My friend, my first thought was Saquon, but okay. everything. I mean, I think people are a little bit more on him, especially at his price. His price is Saquon's super cheap on, on DraftKings. Sure. but miles Sanders, I think that's a really sneaky call. Detroit, you know, they were not very good against running back. They were one of the worst teams against running backs last year. They're playing at Detroit in a dome. Um, like we mentioned, they're they're four point favorites and a high over under. Uh, the game probably could be faster paced and pretty high scoring if both offenses do what we expect them to do. And the thing is, is that a lot of people are going to be on Hertz. A lot of people are going to be on Goddard. A lot of people are going to be on AJ Brown. Um, so Sanders is going to be is going to be the guy that. What I love about Sanders is that he's playing he's playing in that same exact environment as those other guys. And we've seen him rip off big games. He, we've seen him rip off big runs. He's explosive like that. Um, the thing is, is that he does rely on that a little bit, which is why people get scared because they they don't they don't want to play him when, you know, they he doesn't get a ton of pass work because Jalen Hurts decides to run instead of checking it down or things like that. It, that those are the red flags on him. But it's it's in in a, a GPP, he presents a situation where you're getting leverage. You're getting game leverage off of the, you know, off of the more popular Hertz, Goddard, AJ Brown, because the idea being that if everybody's playing those guys, say that game still turns into a shootout, how do those guys fail and the game still turns into the shootout? Very likely that Sanders is the one that benefits. Um, so those are the kind of things I think of when when I'm trying to build out those those uh, gpp lineups and you get the you know the game the game leverage and on on the higher higher own type of players so i really like that call as a sneaky play thank you i'm very sneaky gabe davis is very <laughs> sneaky as well got the first touchdown of the year and now i think he has the longest play of the season as well a 50 yard bomb from josh allen didn't get to the end zone but they're down there in the red zone so now we get to see what they are going to do in the red zone uh, what are you predicting here? I'm, I'm that McKenzie's already got one. Davis has already got one. Uh, it's Josh Allen up the middle though. I'm thinking they got to get that. You got to get Diggs one because Diggs is a squeaky wheel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Diggs is a squeaky wheel. You got to get Diggs one. Yeah, he's got a lot of targets. He's got a lot of receptions, but he got to get Diggs a touchdown, man. And it yeah. forgets. Yeah, I wouldn't know. be surprised because Diggs, Diggs. The that's the thing is that you know people people were kind of disappointed off of Diggs last year, but you look at his numbers, he was actually really awesome. And he was his underlying numbers were even better. I think he was like first or second, and I think he was second in the league in um, red zone targets last year. So Dawson Knox, probably Dawson Knox. Oh, there it was! Oh, I missed it. I missed it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So am I ahead of you? Am I ahead of you? I think you're. I think you're ahead of me. I think you're ahead of me. Yeah. I I even I can't go. I can't go forward. I just saw the the Josh Allen run. So, but yeah, yeah. Diggs is kind of a guy people didn't realize that he was had so many red zone targets last year and he still had, I think, 10 touchdowns. Like people were disappointed with a guy who had 10 touchdowns in a, in a monster year. I mean, what does that say for for what is expected for him this year? So, you know, Diggs, Diggs was the guy when when people were were talking about, um, you know, talking about who if it's not going to be Cup, if it's not going to be Jefferson, if it's not going to be Chase, who's that guy? Well, D- Diggs is the guy to me that was a pretty obvious next guy. I mean, I had him as my wide receiver four heading into the year. I mean, I think that's kind of where mo- a lot of people had him. Some people had him five, six, 
Um, they might have had Devontae Adams or CeeDee Lamb up there. And, you know, I like those guys, too. They're my next two guys. But Diggs just playing in this high-powered offense, ton of ton of targets, ton of red zone targets. I mean, he's 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 a stud. Yeah, I called it. I called it, and it didn't come through. And then Josh Allen got that touchdown. Boy, I, I wonder if anybody played Josh Allen in the baby bowl because – I think you could play Josh Allen any week. I stayed away from it because oh, the yeah. Rams defense. So I'm hoping that they'll find a little better, easier, easier, softer matchup. Look, man, Buffalo, 24 points against the defending champs. This is this is this is going to be a good year for the Buffalo Bills. Rob, we're running out of time. If we're not out of time, some people would say we are out of time. But I have to pick your brain. Anybody you're really looking at there in the wide receiver room. Uh, and you could just give me a couple of names that you're really curious about or that you have seen that were good value uh, and that you really might be thinking that you got to take a shot on this week. So, yeah, when it comes to when it comes to um, DraftKings, love Michael Pittman. Uh, at, same same game that we we're talking about at Houston. So they're in a dome They're you know, implied totals really high. Um, Houston secondary was really bad last year. Uh, Pittman is like the main target. Uh, Matt Ryan should should you know funnel targets to him, and he's only 5,500. 5, I expect him to be probably the most popular uh, play this week. Um, so I like him. I like him in in Baby Bowl too. Um, okay. If you're, I, w- I don't know if I play both him and Taylor, so I'd probably play one or the other. If I play Taylor, I'm probably not gonna play Pittman. Um, but yeah, and then I uh, I, I like um, you know I basically just like playing as many studs as you can for 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 baby bowl um i kind of like getting any kind of game stack like i was looking at playing uh some some guys from the cowboys um cowboys bucks game and that's yeah. not really going to be you're not going to see that on the main slate for for DraftKings. so it's hard to see you know what they would be projected or what they would be you know things like that their 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 salaries and things like that so you, you don't have to worry about that but i like that game a lot both of those teams were two of the fastest-paced teams in the league last year. I think right. they're playing in Dallas, which would be in a dome, which helps passing environments. Um, the Buccaneers were a team that were like more of a pass funnel because they were such a good, great run defense. But so the, the way to beat them was through the air, and Dallas was a team that wants to throw and they're fast-paced. So you got Dak versus Tom Brady. Um, I expect that game to be pretty high-scoring, pretty pretty pass-heavy, and and. Uh, so I'm I'm looking at playing one of Dak or Brady. I kind of lean towards Dak a little bit, uh, just because he has basically all his weapons aside from Gallup. Whereas Brady, you know, might not have Godwin. I mean, he's I know that he's he's encouraged encouraging news, but I don't expect him to be full go if he if he's playing at all. Um, so I kind of like the idea of playing like a Dak with like Schultz and or Lamb. Mm-hmm. And then having like Mike Evans as a run back type of situation. Okay. And especially, you know, Trayvon Diggs has kind of become the new Marcus Peters, where he's going to be that guy that gambles. Uh, we saw it last year where Diggs had a ton of interceptions and, and touchdowns, but he also got burned so many times. Um, so that's awesome for fantasy because either he's, he's, you know, putting your team in a great situation for, for Dallas's offense, or he's getting burned and letting up, letting up plays. And that's awesome for the team on the other side. So um, I kind of like, you know, targeting that game a lot for baby bowl. I got a lot in common with those two cornerbacks. 
there was a reason they called me. There was a reason they called me Toast back in high school. All right. Uh, hey, uh, good job. Uh, where I'm going to encourage everybody this first week, unless you just got a really good feeling about things, hey, go with those safe ones. Go with those safe ones till we figure out some of these defenses, till we get in some of these good matchups. You know, go with the safe picks. That that means you're going to play them if you got them. Those kind of things. That that's my strategy this week because I, I I'm sitting here looking at all these defenses. I'm trying to figure out some of these positional battles that we still have going on or get some clarity on some of these things. And, and, uh, that's, I'm going to play the people that I know are going to score a lot of points in baseball that I think are going to score a lot of points in baseball. <laughs> Let me say that. All right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I'll encourage everybody to do that. Rob, great job. I appreciate you making time. It was fun watching the ball game with you. That was, that was really fun. Yeah, to do. definitely. Huh? And, and same, you same. saw, you got to see my savant powers here talking about Diggs getting a touchdown shot. And he did, he got that touchdown shot. <laughs> uh, at least it wasn't Dawson Knox. I, I have zero shares of Dawson Knox this year. Uh, so I'm okay with that. And to all those docs and Knox lovers, I'm sorry. Was that, well, how do you, how do you do that one? You didn't see that. It was a backward pass. How, is that a handoff? Is a backward pass to, to number three, whoever number three is for, that's that backup running. That's that new running back, I think for, the the Rams there. I, I don't know how that's going to get marked, and it's a pass. It's a lateral. Yeah, if they, if they, lateral. If they, I was say if well, it that's does acres. Go, that's acres. First time I've seen acres. Yeah. <laughs> I was to say he's 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 been on a limited snap count. It seems like they they really have been playing a ton of Henderson. But yeah, if they if it if it is considered actually backwards, it'll count as a run. It'll count as a run. Well, acres got a handoff four yards deep. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, I just that saw that. That will help his it's, terrible yard per carriage that, uh, carry that we were used to in the yeah. playoffs. That fits right in there. Hey, Rob, great job. Make sure you check out at Norton0723 over there on Twitter. He's going to have those articles coming out later on this week. If you got any questions, one of the things that, that, that everybody talked about with Rob Norton is he's such a nice guy. All right, and they don't know why he's hanging out with me at all. So Rob's (laughs) such a nice guy and that he'll be happy to answer any of your questions that you can send over there. Check out the Discord also that is linked to that Baby Bowl pinned tweet that Rob has there because uh, there's a lot of great conversation that's going on in there. If you haven't joined the Baby Bowl, I encourage you to do so. Chat rooms on Twitter if you don't like the Discord stuff. Lots of things. Rob's put together a beautiful, a beautiful tournament that he has here. And Rob, that's, that's wonderful. And everybody appreciates all the hard work that you have done for that. So keep on keeping on, my friend. Keep on doing those things. Uh, don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. Leave a leave a review. Leave a comment. Slap those stars around if you could. But more importantly than all that, Fit Fam, we always want to encourage you to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life. Interception by today. Yeah, this is fun, Rob. 